Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Dan and Joe Sports Show. As always, I'm Dan. And I'm Joe. And tonight we're joined by our special guest, uh, Jack Laughlin. He's, uh, he's my cousin, also referred to him as the sports analyst wonder kid because he knows much more than Joe and I do, and he always shows it every time that we have him on the show, uh, especially when it comes to, to NBA basketball, and that's what we're going to have him on. Welcome on to the show, Jack. Yeah, thank you so much for having me back again. Uh, and with that being said, I think, you know, we're doing an NBA preview, but we have had some games already happen. And, Jack, I wanted to get your reaction to two eights beating ones last night and the Bucks going down to the Magic and the Lakers losing to the Trailblazers last night. I think it's the first time since, like, 2002 that we've had both eights beat ones in the first game. Yeah, it, it was the, – the- Milwaukee game against Orlando was by far the more shocking because you knew going in in the Lakers series with Portland that Portland was on a roll and they were winning must-win games game after game and they were they were really doing well and shooting the ball well. Um, but with Orlando and Milwaukee, that was really Milwaukee just played pretty bad. You look at like Chris Middleton with box score, he shot. Like he shot really, really bad from the field. It just was all around bad shooting, and then Orlando Vucevic played unbelievably for them too. And so it kind of was just this perfect storm for Orlando. They beat him by, I believe, fifteen. So it wasn't a narrow margin of victory at all. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was mainly in my mind the Bucks playing terribly, and then. They're not being able to guard the and that's what led to Orlando ultimately winning that game. Yeah, I mean, the thing about this year's NBA playoffs that's so unique is nobody has home court advantage. I mean, they can talk about the crucial aspect, but let's not kid ourselves. That's not even where close to the same thing. And so you have really no, um, nothing to separate, you know, the intangibles for these teams, and so they're pretty much going out there playing basketball and so you feel like there are going to be some upsets that's inevitable um to jack's point i I definitely think that the bucks losing to the magic was just um something that let me dumb down it did not see that happening especially by the margin of defeat but i will say that last year the magic defeated the raptors in game one of that series in the first round and then we all know the raptors went on to win the championship so i think the bucks will be okay I mean, their roster's much deeper than the Magic's, more talented, um, whereas I think that the Blazers are going to be a very dangerous threat for the Lakers. And if the Lakers survive, I think it's going seven games. Yeah, on that, uh, I wanted to ask both of y'all, do you think right now if they were to make a decision on the MVP of the NBA, do you think that Damian Lillard would probably win it? The problem with Damian Lillard winning the MVP is the Portland Trailblazers through the regular season did not do super well. Um, I mean, they came in tied for really the ninth or tenth spot with a couple other teams into this playing game. And if it weren't for really all that time off, they wouldn't have gotten a couple of guys like Nurkic back. And, um, he's obviously helped them a ton. Um, in the bubble, though, he definitely is the best player so far in the bubble. But I would be more hesitant in terms of talking about the entire season um, since he just he wasn't playing at this level, which is 
last 10 games um, that he's been awesome. Yeah, I mean, I would concur with that. And I think they already announced the finalists for the MVP with Giannis and LeBron and maybe James Harden. And so I think it's going to be one of those three guys. But in the bubble, I mean, Damian Lillard has just been such a prolific scorer. I mean, his range is limitless at this point. And the Blazers are just a team that they're not your typical eight seed. I mean, with these players that are healthy now, I mean, there's so much more than that. And there's just something for me about LeBron James' first ever appearance in the Western Conference playoffs that's really tricky for him. You know, let's not forget, he's loaded up all these years on the Eastern Conference, you know, which is always the least. And now here he is, you know, he's not playing the Magic or, you know, a bad Pistons team. You know, he's playing um, a, a, a Blazers team that was in the Western Conference finals last year. And you got to think with uh, yeah. Portland right now, too, that uh, with all the unrest you're having in the city of Portland right now, ever since uh, the George Floyd thing with, I mean, just having cities, sections of it where there's no police presence, like trashing police buildings, burning it down, that they probably have more of a sense of community and they're trying to fight for a city that's struggling more so than maybe any other team that's uh, playing right now. Yeah, for sure. Well, hey, I want to on that subject. I mean, Portland's hitting on all uh, all cylinders with Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum playing really well. Uh, the Lakers last night, I believe they shot five for thirty-two from three-point line. I think Damian Lillard could probably make more than that shooting from the half court. Uh, what do you see as a solution to the Lakers' uh, shooting woes, and do you think that's going to continue throughout the series? I mean, my like they shot really bad. I mean, Contavious Caldwell Pope played 30 plus minutes and I'm looking at the box score right now as a team, they shot 15.6% from three, which is abysmal. Like that is really, really terrible. Um, and so you just can't afford to shoot like that. And then yeah, Contavious Caldwell Pope, 29 minutes. He was 0 for 9 from the field, had one fall me. And then also on top of that, um, you had Danny Green, who played 24 minutes, was 4 for 12, was a minus 20 in the plus minus, and he had only 10 points. So, I mean, you can't have your role players playing that bad and shooting that horribly from the field and still expect to win. Because you still have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, but against a team like Portland that will that can score 130 points, even though they didn't last night, you're going to need more people to contribute than just two guys. Yeah, I think that's why I'm so concerned about the Lakers right now is their shooting woes. And I don't really like the lineup that they're putting out there because I feel like LeBron James' best teams have always been surrounded by shooters where he can dish you know, the ball to them and he can do what's, you know, what he does best, and that's get in the lane, you know, get to the free throw line, get to the rim. But with this lineup, I find it very odd and puzzling that they're setting guys on the bench that I think could help them out from the three-point line. Like J.R. Smith and Quinn Cook did not even play a single minute last night. Um, even Jared Dudley is a better three-point shooter than guys they're putting out there like Contavious Caldwell Pope. And so I think that the Lakers, you know, absent a Herculean effort from Davis and LeBron. And Kyle Kuzma, he's going to have to show up, too. He's got to prove himself 
is the third best scorer on this team. And there were too many times last night, I thought, where he was removed from the game when he, you know, really needed to help them out offensively. And so absent some type of Herculean effort, I mean, it's not bizarre to say the Lakers are going down in the series. So with that being said, uh, Joe, I mean, do you think it's going to go seven? Absolutely. And right now I would lean towards the Blazers, but I don't see, you know, a way it's, uh, it's over with short and seven. What do you think, Jack? Yeah. I mean, that makes sense to seven, but at the same time, I mean, my goodness, it, it's tough to go against. This is one of the very tough ones because you know the Lakers have been great all season. But also, you know, the Blazers are a hot team right now. So it's kind of a question of, are you going to go with the team that's been good for the longest amount of time or the team that's just recently really caught fire? Um, man, I think the Lakers are ultimately going to win the series, but it would not shock me if it went to six or seven. But I think just LeBron, especially since it's still early in the playoffs, he should be able to kind of will the Lakers into, a, uh, into winning the series like he's done before. Um, and I think he should be able to do it again, especially against the Portland defense that is terrible against guarding the paint. They're really, really bad um, defensively. So I, I don't really see any reason why the Lakers shouldn't ultimately pull it off, although the Blazers could stick around for quite some time. Yeah, I think this is a very compelling 8-1 matchup, and just the way Portland's been playing lately you know, makes me think that it's possible there's an upset. But I'm going to go Lakers in seven right here because I just can't see LeBron going out right now with his first chance with the new team as a one seed. And, you know, especially now that everybody's doubting him when you hear about the fact that he just lost five playoff games in a row. And I know he's worried about his legacy right now and how he compares to Jordan. And I can tell you there's no way Jordan ever lost five playoff games in a row. Well, I mean, the thing about it is um, he's never lost the first-round series in his career. I think he's 13-0, and so he's got the pressure to capitalize here. Because if he loses this series against Portland with the Lakers, I mean, that could be a career-defining loss because, you know, everybody was kind of critical when he goes to a market like L.A. with the tradition, with the expectation. It's completely different from being in the Eastern Conference and with a franchise like the Cavaliers or even the Miami Heat. And so the pressure's there. I think the biggest thing for me, uh, my perception of the Lakers as the favorite in this postseason, this change with their performance in the bubble and with what I saw last night. Even if they survive this series, I just don't see them winning the championship right now. I'm leaning right now probably towards the Clippers from Bucks. Well, Joe, speaking of the Clippers... Yeah, uh, speaking of the Clippers, uh, Joe, what did you think about the game they played last night or on Monday night against your Mavs team where the Mavs were winning by five and then Porzingis gets what cannot be described in any words other than an absolutely ridiculous ejection from that game? And Kind of tell me your thought process when we were watching that unfold. Um, I just thought that it was a bad call, obviously. Um, you saw a lot of reactions on Twitter. Um, Dirk Nowitzki chimed in. You could obviously say he's biased, but LeBron James also chimed in. And just so many people in the sports world, and I just thought, you know, that was too quick of a trigger, and um, it definitely impacted the game because you take away the Mavericks' second-best scorer, second-best player, and Luka Doncic is basically having to do everything by himself in the fourth quarter for the team. And he was great, um, had too many turnovers. He has to work on that tonight. 
I know they're playing right now against the Clippers, but you know he continues to be just so so special as a 21 year old. And I was thinking about um, you and I, Dan, were talking the other day about how good the Suns were in the bubble and how they went eight zero. And I started thinking about what would that Suns team look like if they had selected Luka Doncic with the number one pick instead of DeAndre Ayton a couple years ago. What are, you, what are your thoughts on it, Jack, from Monday night? Yeah, I mean, I was watching that game live, and when I first saw it, I didn't think anything would really come of it. You know, it was kind of just one of those things that happens throughout a lot of different games where there might be a little bit of some talking back and forth and nothing really happens. Um, it was definitely an odd call. I know he had a technical earlier in that game, but the odd thing is they didn't tee anyone else up. It was just poor thinking because that was what was odd about it. It would have made a little more sense if they gave one to, I believe, wasn't it Morris? Who, who, he, who kind yeah, of... Kind of instigator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Wouldn't Patrick yeah, Beverly involved in it, too? Yeah. It would have been better if they teed up all three of them and then he got ejected because he had a technical foul earlier and that would have been two. Um, that would have probably been a little bit better, but instead they just teed him up, which I don't understand why, because... I don't see anything he did worse than what the other two guys we were just talking about did. That's kind of the, the issue with this is that it seemed kind of targeted towards Porzingis when really you could have gotten a couple other players with the same call. Yeah, you feel like they were playing yeah. favorites a little bit and trying to get the Clippers that early win. Yeah, I mean, possibly so. Um, I mean, I, I don't see a way – I would be shocked, even though you know I'm a Mavs fan. I would be shocked if they win the series. Um, I think that they're probably a year or two away from you know being that true Western Conference contender. I feel like this season is more about learning in the playoffs, since so many of their guys have never been in the playoffs until this year. I think maybe they're like one more, one or two players away from truly contending and just more experience. But with the Clippers, you know, talking about them for a second. I really do think right now they, they should be the favorite. Just such a deep team. They're more than Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. I was looking at the numbers on that bench, and I know that, um, you know, Montrez Harrell missed all of the restart games in the bubble, but with him back and Lou Williams and Landry Shamet, that is arguably the best bench that we've seen on an NBA team ever. And just all that depth and the defense that they play, it's just a special team. Well, yeah, the Clippers got two guys right now up for uh, sixth man of the year. Two of the top three finalists are both up for sixth man of the year. It says a lot about their depth, um, especially with Lou Williams, who's an all-time great coming off the bench, and then Montrezl Harrell, who's been great for them the last couple of seasons. Um, and then you add on top of that a starting lineup that's uh, super season has some great players on it. Um, with Patrick Beverly, who's a great defender, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, um, one of the Morris brothers. You know, you got a great starting lineup, and to go with it, a fantastic bench. Well, so Jack, with uh, with that being said, are you thinking that the Clippers are going to be the representative out of the East? Can they take down the Lakers? We, yeah, I think they'll. I think they'll be the Lakers. I think they'll. I think they'll be in the NBA champion finals, yeah. I mean, I don't see any other team that really can challenge them. 
Because the issue with the Lakers is is their starting lineups pair up well. But if you look at the first game of the bubble, the Lakers barely won that game. And in that game, the Clippers did not have Lou Williams or uh, Montrezl Harrell. So they were missing their two best guys off the bench, and they lost that, that game by, like, I think it was within two, three points. And that speaks volumes about how these teams pair up because that says to me that the Clippers are definitely a better team since they're missing two guys that average 20 points a game. So I think they should definitely – they would beat the Lakers in the series for sure. Yeah, that's kind of what I think too. Um, I would say that the Clippers are my, my front runner in the West. Um, you know, you want to like lean towards the Lakers by default, but like I said earlier, I just don't see it right now. I would say that if it's not the Clippers, it would not surprise me if a team like the Rockets were able to win the West. And the reason I say that is let's say the Blazers can knock off um, the Lakers in the first round. I think that Houston with Harden and if Westbrook can come back healthy, I can see them beating the Blazers in what would be just an all-time offensive showdown. And then if they could get to the Western Conference Finals, I could see the Rockets theoretically being that team. Well, Joe, looking uh, looking at the East, I mean, I'm noticing right now the Celtics seem like they played really well in the bubble, and they beat the 76ers by 27 points in game one the other night. Uh, with Milwaukee looking a little flat the other night, is there any way you think that the Celtics could beat the, the Bucs in the Eastern Conference Finals? I do. I do. I mean, I'm still, I guess, leaning towards the Bucs, but it's reached the point where um, with their recent struggles, I'm starting to look to other teams, you know, that could, you know, come out if the Bucs get upset. Because the Bucs have the heat probably in the next round, and that's kind of been their bad matchup team. That they just don't play well against them. And so that's that easily could be an upset. And so I'm looking towards the Celtics or the Raptors is kind of my my picks for the team that, you know, could kind of surprise us to get to the um, finals. And you know, that would be an amazing story if the Raptors were to take on Wilder and Clippers in the finals this year. We think about that. I love that Heat team, too. They're great. I mean, they really are. Jimmy Butler was awesome last night, hitting two really critical threes um, down the stretch. And uh, I mean, they've got some great shooters and also some just tenacious players. With Jimmy Butler, he's been all everywhere he's gone. Um, you've got Kendrick Nunn, who's been a great rookie. Tyler Hero also. And then, um, I mean, they got some really great players on that team. Gordon Gordon Dragic. Um, and then also, I love Toronto. Um, I think they're great defensively. They're very good offensively, too. Um, you know, they got some older players with Kyle Lowry, Marcus Hall, Serge Ibaka, but they're still very good, even though they are starting to get past their prime. Um, and also, uh, Pascal Siakam's had a great year. Um, Van Bleet's been awesome for them. They could re- they could really be the team that comes out of the East and Eastern Conference. I, mean, I think they're actually my favorite team to come out of the East. Yeah, but that, that would not surprise me at all. But I do want to talk for a second about what I think is probably the most disappointing team, maybe in the NBA, definitely in the East, the 76ers. I mean, I know they're in the playoffs since the sixth seed. I know that Ben Simmons is injured, but still, 
coming into the season, a lot of people had them as the favorite after Kawhi Leonard went out west to win the Eastern Conference when they got Al Horford, you know, Josh Richardson, re-signed Tobias Harris. I mean, that just looked like a star-studded lineup. And so if they go down to the Celtics as expected, really expect them to make a colossal uh, decision this offseason as far as Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. I'll look for one of those guys to probably be moved. Yeah, that is really shocking. The problem the 76ers have is they have too many guys who need to take up the paint. Um, When you look at Al Horford, Joel Embiid, uh, and Ben Simmons, all of them are really post players and how they operate. And that, that's been their main issue. Is they've kind of butted heads over who really is kind of the alpha on that team, I guess. Um, and that's caused some serious issues. It should be good because they've got some great players like Al Horford. Um, Tobias Harris has been a good player on multiple different teams. And Joel Embiid's good. And then, unfortunately, they're missing Ben Simmons. Um but I think they'd still lose to Boston anyway, even if they did have them. I don't think it would make much of a difference. That Boston team's also very good. They are. I mean, there's just so many you know teams that, you, like, unlike any other year, maybe it's just, you know, the pandemic, it's just really hard for me to identify you know, who I like this year. I feel like, um, you know, with no home field advantage, home court advantage, it's anybody's game more than ever. Yeah, and I would like Boston more if Gordon Hayward had, didn't have the ankle issue recently come up. Otherwise, I would also – I could see them making a deep run to the Eastern Conference Finals. and make. I don't think they could make it to the finals, but they could get pretty close. Um, but unfortunately, they're probably fourth best players hurt, so I, I just don't see them making a run that deep anymore. But they should still give a couple other teams some trouble at the very least. Yeah. And looking over at the other six seed, I saw that the Jazz uh, pretty ha- well handily last night uh, took care of the Nuggets by 20 points. Uh, is that six seed the Jazz a team, someone who can maybe make it pretty deep in the West? Sure. I mean, coming into the season, a lot of people were picking the Jazz to that sleeper team out of the West. You know, they brought in uh, Bob Donovich, who's out now. Um, you know, that's a big loss. And then you got Mike Conley, who's out right now, but you know if he can come back, um, this is a very good team. Donovan Mitchell is just getting better and better with this huge game the other day against the Nuggets. Um, yeah, this this is a very dangerous team um, in its own right. Yeah, and Mike Conley hopefully should be back. I've seen stuff saying he could be back as, be back as soon as next game, um, which would be a big boost for them. The problem with the Jazz, though, is their bench is really bad. It's, they basically have Jordan Clarkson. He's not even that great, but his bench is so bad, he looks awesome. Um, they really don't have anyone who can put up points besides Clarkson. Um, and against a team, especially a team like if they were to play the Clippers, they would really, really struggle um, once the starters like Mike Conley or um, Donovan Mitchell came out of the lineup. Things would go downhill very fast. Yeah, and, and I was I was really surprised, given some of their struggles offensively, that they were able to just dismantle um, the Nuggets in Game Two. Uh, I really thought that after that Game One emotional overtime win for the Nuggets, that they were going to win this series in probably like five games. 
Um, the Nuggets, to me, with the emergence of Michael Porter Jr., um, you know, finally looking like that number one recruit that we talked about coming out of high school and thought he was at one point going to be number one overall pick, he's finally starting to show strides of being that guy. And so, for me, he's kind of the wild card for that team. We know that Murray and Jokic are so, so good. But if you have a guy like um, Michael Porter Jr., they could be a threat to a lot of these teams today. All right, well, with that being said, um, who do y'all have as your favorite to win the finals right now after seeing a little bit of the playoffs? Let's start with you, Jack. I think it's the Clippers, even though they're down four right now to Dallas, and that's about to go to halftime. Um, I think they could actually end up struggling in that series now that we've got through a game and a half. Um, but I think they'll end up winning it, and I think uh, they'll end up making um, – I think they'll end up winning the NBA championship against, I would assume, by this point, Toronto. Okay. I'm going to say that the Clippers, at this point, too, just too deep. The defense, like Jack talked about earlier, with you know Patrick Beverly and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, the defense always travels. You know, That's something that always shows up, even when you struggle offensively to shoot the basketball. They still have so many guys that can spread the floor and shoot the basketball just about as prolific as any other team. And so I think that right now they'll win the West. In the East, I mean, gosh, it's so tough. Um, I'm, right now, I'm going to go out with a little bit of a limb and go with the Celtics to surprise me in the East. And I think it would actually be fitting if Doc Rivers were to take on his former team. That would be a compelling finals right there, Joe. I would like that. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit chalk with mine. And even though the Bucks struggled last night, I kind of think that that was just a little bit of pressure being a one seed and coming in with a lot of hype and playing a bad Magic team that was hard to get excited about. Um, so I still think the Bucks are going to come out of the East, but I like the Clippers to win it all against the Bucks, and I think I'm going to take the, the Clippers in six in that series. But that would be, you know, the most Clippers thing to do, you know, a franchise that has never been into the conference finals to finally win a championship in the bubble. Of course. It'd be like their usual games where there's no fans there. Or where there's more fans for the other team. So, well, we're about to uh, hang up this show. We're going to switch over in our next show. We're going to talk about the SEC schedule release. We're going to have Jack help us uh, go through and pick uh, the results now that we have an all-SEC schedule for everyone. Uh, spoiler alert, it does not go very well for Arkansas. Uh I want to thank everyone for listening tonight. Uh, you can find all of our old episodes on Spotify. I actually uploaded some more today. If you look up the Dan and Joe Sports Show on Spotify, we now have two seasons on it. Uh, you can also follow our Facebook page and like our fan page, the Dan and Joe Sports Show. And you can follow us on Twitter at DJSS uh, Sports Show. And as always, I'm Dan. And I'm Joe.